to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you, thank you. You can be seated. Wow. What a great night already. How are you, Icon? You're looking good. You're sounding good. You're smelling all right. I love Icon Church. And usually I bring greetings from my wife, but this time I brought my wife. Great to have Chris with me, and uh, we've got some of our folks, one of our worship uh, leaders, the leader of our worship core team is here with us tonight, Danielle, everybody, Danielle, stand up, everybody give her a big hand. If you're wondering why Danielle is wearing a giant boot, it's because during our conference this year, she was leading worship in front of hundreds of people, literally pastors and leaders from all over the world, and she's dancing, and the glory of God hit her so strong, she fell down <laughs> and almost broke her ankle, but it's only sprained. It's a high sprain, but she said, that's not going to stop me. I have to get to Icon Church because it was so famous, she had to get here, so, so she's here. We've got Paul Gehring all the way from Nashville, Tennessee's worship uh, pastor at a great church there with about seven or 8,000 people in it. Everybody give Paul Gehring a big hand. Come on, Paul, stand up, wave at everybody. Actually, I should have just said I brought Joel Houston with me. Three of you got that joke, but anyway. Uh, and then we also have uh, Bailey and Rachel, who are uh, leaders in our church, and Rachel leads our young adults ministry, and Bailey is a part of everything, our youth core team, children's, young adults, all of it. Girls, stand up, give them a big hand clap. Let's just pray. I know Holy Spirit's already here, but I just really sense He wants to do something incredible tonight. So can you just open your heart? Father, I believe that you didn't just bring us here to tick off a box tonight, to say we we, we had another service, but you brought us here, and this was in your heart before it was ever in our diary. And we believe that you have something incredible, something hooper, something amazing, to impart to every person. So I ask you to put me on like a coat and wear me tonight, Jesus. Let me say exactly what you want said. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. And if you agree with that, why don't you say yes? I love Icon Church. I love England. And I do believe that God's given me something tonight. I, I don't want to just unpack or just to preach a pretty sermon, which there's a lot of doubt over whether I could do that even if I wanted to. But I believe that, that God has a prophetic word that he wants to unpack tonight. And as Paul said, I've been doing that for 20 years. That journey began in the autumn of 1999. 
I was in a place, Chris and I were in a place called Bujumbura, Burundi. Probably your last holiday destination. A quarter of a million. I said that this morning and a guy went, yeah, he was from Burundi. He's a professional footballer living in, in the UK. Uh, I've, I've, said, I've, I've made that joke and never had anybody say yes, ever in 20 years. But I was there, and, and we were there, and the Holy Spirit had been speaking to us about, about starting a missions organization and about launching out from our local church. Paul and Perianne Brownback were there. They're going to be here next week, by the way. Let me give you a plug. I'm just John the Baptist. <laughs> the real deal's coming next week. And y'all are really, really gluttons for punishment to have Texans back-to-back, let me tell you. But, but we were all in, in Africa, and we just sensed that, that, that the Lord was going to launch Chris and I out and start this missions organization. I kept getting all these prophetic words about England. And, and I thought, but I don't fit in England. I'm too loud. I'm Texan. I'm over the top. I, I don't give nice talks. You know, when you're done preaching in England, they'll say, oh, that was quite nice. It was nice talk. Nice talk. It's quite nice. Thank you. Talk. I'm not Ted. This isn't a talk. I'm preaching my guts out. And, and, and then the other thing that kind of hindered me is I only knew four Brits. <laughs> I'd only ever met four British people in my whole life. And, and the Lord kept saying, your destiny is connected to the United Kingdom. And, and so I met a young lady in Burundi who was a homeschool teacher for some missionary friends of ours, but she was from Netlam in Lincolnshire. She asked me if I knew Stuart Bell and different people. I said, no, I don't know anybody. I, I know two people. And, and, and I thought, God, how, how is this going to happen? I had this prophetic promise, but how's it going to ever take place? And, and, and you know, tickets to England were a lot of money. And I was broke. I had a lot of faith. I had no quid. And, and, and Y2K was going to happen. Remember that? And planes were going to fall out of the sky. And so they couldn't give tickets away. So British Airways put on a special from Dallas-Fort Worth to Heathrow for 65 quid. Round trip. And I said, I can afford my destiny in Jesus' name. And I bought a ticket to leave on January 2nd to come to England to meet the four people I knew. And it all began there and sitting on the south coast of England on the settee of a friend of mine named Clive Price, who was a freelance writer for Charisma Magazine UK at the time. He played a song called Beyond These Shores by the Celtic, Christian Celtic rock band Iona. Some of you may have heard of them. And, and the words were about Brendan and his adventurous spirit and, and the missionary spirit to go beyond these shores, to go beyond the borders of the, the known to the unknown. And he said, I just believe this captures the, heart, the prophetic heart of what God's calling you to. At that time, I'd been to six countries. I had a dream to touch the world, but, but, but I've been to five or maybe six countries. 
And since that time, God birthed something and we stepped out in faith and Paul and Perianne paid our salary for six months so we could get started because we had, we had no support, we had no money, we had no, no way to do this, but we began to go and God began to open up nation after nation after nation. And in 20 years, we, next week when I go, later this week, excuse me, when I go to the Ukraine, it'll be 60 nations. Face-to-face, I've trained over 125,000 pastors and leaders, not including, that doesn't include television and internet and radio and all those other medias. Face-to-face, we've started micro-enterprise projects. We've planted churches. We've fed orphans. We've made a difference literally around the world, taking thousands of people all over the world. You say, are you bragging? You bet I am. I'm bragging on Jesus because God took a guy, a young man who had never been anywhere and had no money and he gives him a $65 to 65 pound ticket so that he can make his way to England and everything changes. One word from God can change your life forever. One word from God. We ended up living in England for for two years. And our destiny really was connected here. And we were received and loved beyond comprehension and every year for 20 years we've come at the beginning of the year even when we lived here we did it and and I would do a word of the year tour and and go around now listen I'm giving a word we know in part we prophesy in part I'm not giving you the word God says God has lots of words but but I'm giving my part yeah and I believe tonight God's going to speak something to you and what if God gave you one word that changed the next 20 years of your life Before we look at the, the year, just quickly, let's think about a decade. Why? When, when, when God gave me that word in, at the autumn time of 1999, we were looking at a new, a new day, a new year, a new decade, a new century, and a new millennium. That was a big deal. This time, we're not in the century and the millennium, but we are kicking over a new decade. And do you realize tonight that we live our life in days and weeks and months and maybe even years, but we define our life in decades? If you ask somebody when they were born, they may tell you the year, but they might say, I'm a child of the 60s or a child of the 90s. You ask somebody what kind of music you, they like, they may tell you the genre or they might say, I love 80s music. If you want to have a themed party, you're not going to have a 1953 party. You'll have a 50s party. And and people dress according to that period of time. And they they play music that's, that's distinctive to that period of time. Why? Because culture is not shifted in a year. Culture is shaped in a decade. But we tend to look back on decades and define them based on what happened. What if we could be prophetic enough in February of 2020 to look ahead to 2030 and God give us a word right now that could set the course for the next 10 years of our life? I'm prophesying to somebody in this place tonight, you may not like the last 10 years of your life, but one word from God could change the next 10 years of your life. One of the decades that that certainly shaped American and British Western history as much as any decade, I dare say, was the 1920s. It was known as the Roaring Twenties. 
the roaring 20s. The roaring 20s were defined by jazz music came on the scene and, and, and culture began to shift and change in a massive way. When, when, when the roaring 20s came on the, 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 the scene, people, there's there this anticipation and jubilation. We had gone from wartime to peacetime and, and economies doubled in 10 years. Women in America could vote for the first time. Families got, got, got uh, radios in their home for the first time ever. And you could sit around the radio as a family and hear news as it happened. It's astounding. Cinemas, instead of silent movies, they got sound. It was the roaring 20s. It was, it was amazing. It was incredible. But at the end of that decade, it finishes with this thing called Black Tuesday, 1929. The stock market in America crashed and, the, and global economies began to crumble and what began in great hope ended in great devastation. The Great Depression started and people were jumping out of buildings committing suicide because they had lost fortunes in a day. Bread lines were, uh, were hours long, people waiting to get one loaf of bread because the economy had crashed. It was the Great Depression. People went from living in palatial houses and, and big country estates to being homeless overnight. You say, what are you saying, Dwayne? What I'm saying is, if you think about it, back then it shaped culture by a radio in every family's home. Now we have a phone in every child's hand. They, they, they begin to have uh, media took off. Now social media is run rampant. At that time, the, 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 the whole cinema created these icons and sport was huge. We built these massive stadiums and American baseball became iconic and these heroes were giant. But that also happened in, in England. Wembley Stadium was built in 1923. And the cup final was there for the first time. So what began in that decade, a hundred years later, is happening on steroids. But the end of that decade was devastating. I want to prophesy that what if the 2020s are a different kind of roaring 20s? Then instead of culture roaring, what if the lion of the tribe of Judah began to roar? Instead of culture roaring, what if the church stood up and began to roar in faith? And at the end of this decade, instead of ending in great depression, what if we ended in a second great awakening? What if revival broke out in England this decade? The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. So if the church is going to roar, I believe the mandate for us to do that then is we got to learn to go bold. Turn to your neighbor and say, go bold. Come on, that was weak. Turn to your other, turn to option number two. Say, go bold. Go bold. I believe it's time to pray some bold prayers I believe we need to go bold in our evangelism, go bold in our serving, go bold in our loving, go bold in our commitment to local church, go bold in mission, go bold in evangelism. Come on, are you here? 
it's time to go bold. Listen, if I was at home, I would make you all roar like a lion. But we're in England, so I won't make you do that. But, but come on, get an inner roar going anyways. Oh, that was pathetic. That sounded worse than a domesticated house cat being cornered. Come on, Britain. I, now you made me. I'm going to make you do it. Come on. You are the lion hearted, by the way. Come on, England. Let's roar. That's much better. Thank you. Thank you. My life is complete now. So, so that's the decade. If God's going to do all the wonderful things in the next 10 years, how many of you think that'd be great? I, I, I believe it. I believe that God can show us something right now at the beginning that can change the next 10 years. One word from God changed 20 years of my life. And one word from God tonight could do that. But if you want to finish well, you got to begin with the end in mind. So, so how are we going to begin? What is God saying for 2020? Well, it's very simple. It's not sexy. It's not deep. It's not theological. And it's written on my shirt. I believe in 2020, God wants to do something fresh. It's interesting. Paul's more prophetic than he thinks. Maybe subliminally he saw my shirt. I don't know. But I think it was more prophetic. He began, how did he introduce me? I was sitting there thinking, this is astounding. Because God wants to do something fresh. Listen, what if he wanted to kick something off this year that changed a decade or maybe even a century? I'm going to quickly give you three things that I believe God wants to give us that's fresh to build your faith a little bit. I think there's a lot of fresh things he's pouring out. And actually, not only did Paul talk about, she began, she began saying, talking about being refreshed. So I think we're onto something tonight. Number one, I think that I believe that God wants to give us some fresh bread. Fresh bread. What is that? Revelation. God wants to pour out a new level of fresh revelation. See, if bread is not fresh, it gets stale, gets molded, it gets old. Manna was meant to be collected daily. Why? Because God wanted to give us something fresh. I'm prophesying God's going to give you fresh revelation. What if he gave you one fresh business idea that made you a millionaire in 10 years? Well, three people got excited about that. One fresh idea could change your life forever. Fresh bread. Fresh bread. When we moved to England, um, we, we, we lived in Netlam in, in a small village just up the way here. And my wife went to the local co-op and bought bread one day after we got here. Two days later, it was molded. And, 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 and so we thought, well, that's terrible. <laughs> Threw it away, went and bought new bread. A day or two later, it's molded again. I thought, what is wrong with England? They're selling defective bread. If I bought bread in America, it's good for a month. Somehow, I thought that was better. Lasts longer. And then it dawned on me that the reason is our bread is packed with so many preservatives and man-made stuff that it appears to be good for you. But really... 
it's probably not. I could have bought a, a, a loaf of bread in America and went on this whole tour and then kept it another two weeks and still been eating it. The church for too long has been eating yesterday's bread. It's time for God to give some leaders. It's time for God to give some churches some fresh ideas, some fresh ways to reach culture, some fresh ways to change things. Second thing I think he wants to give us is some fresh oil. Fresh oil. What is that? That's supernatural Holy Spirit power. We call it the anointing. If you're Pentecostal, you say anointing. What is the anointing? Isaiah says the anointing is the yoke-destroying, burden-breaking, bondage-breaking power of God. It's where the whole hooper idea comes from. When, when, When God puts his hooper to your natural, you can do things you would never have done. It makes you better, makes you smarter, makes you faster, makes you more clever. Come on. When the anointing came on the prophet, he outran the chariots of Ahab. To Jezreel, a man can't outrun a chariot unless he gets anointed. When you get anointed, all kinds of things can happen. In the Old Testament, the anointing came upon him. External, yeah? But in the New Testament, ha-ha. First John says, I have an anointing on the inside of me. So now Jesus Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing lives inside of us. So the anointing doesn't come upon me externally. It comes up on me from the inside out. And in meetings like this, you can get a fresh anointing and the oil that's on the inside of you begin to come out. And see, there's a difference in gifting and anointing. A gifted musician can, or, and singer can move my soul, but an anointed worship leader can break bondages off my life. A gifted communicator can make me laugh, but, a, but, but, but an anointed preacher can, can do things that get me set free. It's time for some fresh oil. I believe tonight God's going to give somebody a fresh anointing. He's going to give somebody some fresh oil, third thing I believe he wants to give us is fresh fire. Fresh fire. See, fresh oil is about supernatural power. Fresh fire is about supernatural passion. I believe that God wants to give us fresh passion. Fresh fire to reach the lost. Fresh fire to change culture. Fresh fire to make a difference in the world around us. And for those of us that are a little older We need to get our passion back if we've lost it. But also some people that are younger need to get their passion back or maybe get it for the first time because they never had any. But I believe God is lighting a fire in us. Fresh bread, fresh oil, fresh fire. I believe all of these demand a response though. God is promising these. What is is our response back to that? I, I believe, I believe So fresh bread doesn't get stale. We need to offer God a fresh mouth or a fresh voice. So when he gives us revelation, we say what he says. We speak the promise, not the problem. 
We speak prophetically over one another. We give voice to the revelation. Listen, listen, listen. So many times we're just repeating what everybody else said. But I've come to tell you that imitation comes from the presence of men. But revelation comes from the presence of God. And once I get in the presence of God, I need to speak what God speaks. I need to say what God says. And I need to start speaking revelation of what God says, not only about my situation and my circumstance, but over the people around me. I need to quit speaking ill of you, and I need to start speaking what God has to say about you. Fresh voice, fresh mouth. I believe the second thing we need to offer back or respond to God with is some fresh eyes and fresh ears. Fresh eyes to see and fresh ears to hear. See, oil can get soured and stagnant by, by, by just sitting. And sometimes our, the anointing on our lives, it's not the anointing gets stale, but we get stale because we're just living off of what we had before. And God wants to give us fresh vision, fresh way to see things, fresh ways to hear things. When you've been working on a project a long time, you, 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 you have to get Fresh eyes. Sometimes that means bringing somebody else in. Sometimes it just means looking at it fresh and new. Uh, one of our worship guys, Anthony, they just got done writing some songs, and he made all the sounds for the songs. I don't understand how you make sounds, but evidently he does. And when he's been doing that for hours, he'll take a break. You say, Anthony, what are you doing? He said, I just needed to get away for a minute and get fresh ears, or I'll keep hearing the same old sound. God, we need to offer God fresh ears to hear. And then finally, we need fresh hearts to receive that fresh fire. What are fresh hearts? Hearts that are moldable, that are teachable, that are pliable, that are correctable, that are accountable. Hallelujah. Now, now notice, I, I, I said this this way. God gives these things. And then we respond with these things. So, so we think, watch this, we think we offer God something and then he responds by giving us something. We think we pray and God answers. But how many of you know grace says God already answered before I ever prayed? You say, then why pray? Because that's my part. It's called responsibility. It's the ability to respond. Right? That's a lot of responsibility. That's going to hit you on Tuesday. So, so, so listen, God's giving us a prophetic promise, we got by, and he's offering us some grace. We got to come and respond by faith. You could say it this way. God's going to give fresh provision, right? And then over here, we need to have some fresh obedience. God gives us fresh prophetic promise. We got to then respond with fresh acts of obedience. God promised me England. I had to buy a ticket. I had to get on a plane by faith. I had to risk Y2K. You think it's funny now, but you should have been my wife, a mother of three small children. She had to allow me to respond. 
I don't know what it is with prophets and old. There's lots of stories in the Old Testament about prophets and old, but one has all these elements in it. I'm not going to turn there, guys. I know the text is there, but for time, I'm just going to tell it. In 1 Kings uh, chapter 7, it, 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 it talks about uh, the God tells the prophet, go to Zarephath. There's going to be a widow there. She's going to feed you because there's famine in the land. And when he gets there, he says, hey, lady, um, would you go get me some water? She gets some water. He says, now make me some bread. He said, give me some bread. And she said, I don't have bread. She said, what do you mean give you bread? She said, I'm gathering sticks for a fire. And I got a little bit of flour in a jar and a little bit of oil in a jug. Sounds like a country song. <laughs> country and western song. I got a little bit of flour in a jar and a little bit of oil in a jug. I'm going to make a small fire, make a small piece of bread, eat it and die. Look, she was telling the prophet what she had by what she saw. But what she saw was not all God had in mind. So God gives her a fresh promise of provision. And, and the prophet says, if you'll give to me first, I will, watch this, or God will, excuse me. If you'll give to me first, I, I'm telling you, I'm prophesying that God will let your oil never run out until the drought is over and it rains in the land and the famine's broken. So I'm going to give you supernatural provision if you'll give supernatural obedience. I'm going to give you fresh promise, prophetic vision if you'll give me fresh obedience. Right now, God is saying. You could say it this way, and I'm going to ask Paul and Danielle to come to give you hope. I'm landing this plane. You could say it this way. New wine, new wineskin. God's offering new wine, we need to offer a new wineskin. You remember the story? It just doesn't work well in, in English the way that we read it because in Greek, it's not new and new. It's two different words. But we don't have two different words, Nathan, so we say if you want new wine, got to have new wineskins. You said you can't put new wine in old wineskins. You got to put new wine in new wineskins. But that's not how it reads in the Greek. In the Greek, it reads, if you want neos wine, you got to have kainos wineskins. Neos in Greek is new in time. New in time. It's fresh in time. So, 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 uh, wine, there's only, wine represents Holy Spirit, represents his anointing. How many of you know there's only one kind of Holy Spirit? There's only one kind of God anointing. There's not, there's not, you know, there's Coke and there's Diet Coke. There's not Holy Ghost and Diet Holy Ghost. It's not Holy Ghost light. It's not Jesus zero. It's, 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 but he will do something fresh and give us fresh power and fresh anointing. Come on, fresh oil. It's fresh in time, but it's not changing in kind. This new kainos is not new in time. It's new in kind. It's new in character. It's new in nature. If any man be in Christ, he's a new, he's a kainos, not neos. He's a new in kind. New creation. See, see you're not a man altered. You're a man born again. 
So you say, what are you saying, Dwayne? I'm saying this. God wants to do something fresh. And he's promising all this. The question is, what are you going to respond with? What do we believe? Whoa, I believe I need to duck. <laughs> I believe I'm too tall for that. I believe I should have just stepped off that stage. I believe I have a knot on my head. And I believe I'm glad I don't have to buy a new TV. <laughs> so, I have a question for you. Are you ready to respond by faith to what grace is promising? I believe, Paul, that God's giving you a blank sheet of paper. Jeannie, I believe he's giving you a blank sheet of paper. And I believe he's saying... Hear me for fresh revelation and write it on here. Don't write anything you've ever done. Write what you hear me saying I want to do. Don't write any victory from the past. Write a promise for the future. And then on the other side, turn it over and then write your response. What do you have faith to offer back to God? How will you respond? I don't know your story, but God says I'm giving you a fresh start tonight. I'm going to give you another The enemy's tried to focus you on what you blew, how you missed it, how you lost it before. And the paper, you had a a blank sheet and the enemy came and he just did this and he scribbled all over it. And he said, now what are you going to do? God says, I'm giving you a fresh start. Don't look at the past. Look at the promise.
you're going to start passing these out all over this room. This is not, it's not my last trip to the UK. I'm sure I'll come back. If I'm invited, I'll come. I'll come to conferences. I'll come to churches for special things. But, but Holy Spirit told me to finish this tour before he ever told me what the word was, Paul. We talked about it last year. I said, I feel like this is my, next year is going to be my final one. 20 years. I feel like I'm done. You know, England's on the way to everywhere. British Airways thinks that he throws the epicenter of the world. So I'll fly through. I'll stop off for a few days. But this tour that I've done, you know, we've made so many friends. I could, I'm preaching 18 times in 13 churches. Or no, in 14 or 15 churches in 13 cities in 10 days. I don't even know what day it is. And I'm only about halfway finished preaching morning and night. I love it because I bring these young guys with me. They're wore out and I'm still going. I got old man strength. So y'all need to catch up. Cody comes with me on these tours. He needs, he needs a holiday. This is one of his favorite church. This is his favorite church in England. Not one of his. This is his favorite church in England. He's always sad. He, he's like, don't tell me when you go to Icon. I'll just be sad. If I'm not with you. But the Lord, the Holy Spirit told me to, to, to stop, to not, not do this tour anymore. And I thought, why? It's successful. It works. It's, it's fresh. It's not, nobody gets tired of it. I can fill the, cal- the, 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 the diary with it easy. I could go 30 nights. But he said, he said, stop. And sometimes to get God's fresh, listen to this. To give a new thing, because Isaiah says, I can do it. Behold, I do a new thing. Shall you not know it? God can be offering something fresh and new, and we don't recognize it. So sometimes we got to stop something. And if we only stop things when they're failing, we force God to push us to a situation of desperation to ever get us to change. So whether you're desperate or on a high mountain, will you tonight, will you be willing to offer God the opportunity to give you a fresh promise. This is a little refrain I want them to sing and make this our prayer for just a moment out of a song that we wrote together commemorating 20 years of Hooper things. And, And I want you to just make this your anthem for just a moment. We believe it. We receive it. All that you've promised. We will see it, we believe it, we receive it, all that you've promised, we will see it, we believe, we believe Come on, just sing that.
situation or your circumstance but I hear the Holy Spirit saying never for a moment were you forsaken and God is breathing fresh wind and those dry bones are about to live again there's, and there's a fresh passion coming. This isn't just for her. All over this room, there are people that you're struggling. You've already put your paper down because you thought, I don't know that I can hear anything from God. Listen, I, if, you, if you've already put it away or folded it, get another one before you leave. And I want you to walk out here. Don't fold it up. Walk awkwardly with it. Take it with you home. If you go to the restaurant, take it. They say, what's that? Oh, it's prophetic. Don't worry about it. 
just just awkwardly carry it with you until God literally begins to speak and fills one side of this and then turn it over and you respond by saying, God, in faith, this is what I'm going to do. And, and, and listen, if you're here tonight and you say, Dwayne, I just, I, I just feel like because of my past, I was forsaken. I was abandoned. There were things in my life that just didn't work out the way that I thought that they would work out. So I'm struggling to get a faith. I'm telling you, God wants you to know that He was always with you. He never forsook you. And even though things look desperate, not for a minute were you ever forsaken. So if that's you, lift your hands right now. I just want to pray over you. Father, I break discouragement over all these people. this decade, you'll be counting in thousands, if not tens of thousands. And just like God did something fresh to get you to hundreds, He's going to do something fresh again to get you to, to multiply thousands. Because you're willing to be reshaped. We have some resources back there guys we've got all kinds of church shirts we've got fresh shirts we've got other things that have prophetic stuff God's spoken to us that you can wear and 
People say, what is that all about? You can explain your faith. We've got a USB back there with lots of teaching on it. We have a school of the prophetic. It's brand new. We just redid it this last year. You may have seen one before, but this one's brand new. We just, it's about nine or 10 hours on the prophetic, how to flow, how to hear the voice of God, how to flow in the prophetic. There's all kinds of other resources. Our conference, we just did our leaders conference. We had 500 pastors and leaders from England, South Africa, Canada, all across America. We had a guy named Tim Ross that he just blew our minds. He preached paint off the wall. All those, they'll give you deals, go back there. All of that, if you buy those resources, none of that goes to me. It goes to help us with what we're doing and beyond these shores. This year, our, we've got all kinds of projects. We're going to Prague, we're going to Niger, we're going to, to, to India, to Ireland, to, to Ukraine. I don't know where all we're going. But the one I'm most excited about is this year, something fresh is happening after 20 years of going to Vietnam for the first time. Instead of going in illegally, under in the underground I'm getting a religious visa to go in legally and preach to 2,000 young adults in the open air above ground for the first time in the history of the nation so so everything you buy there invests in the world and helps us do and helps us go places you may never go so thank you for doing that you've been so gracious tonight if you say Dwayne I didn't get a word yeah it's on that picture paper right there in front of you that's your word you've been such an important part of our journey and I want to thank you for that for 20 years you've been a part I could tell so many stories Paul was one of the first people that welcomed me into this country so thank you for that Chris and I love you there's nothing you can do about it stay fresh icon Come on, let's thank Dwayne, team. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.